Welcome to Book Conjuring with me, Anna James, the podcast where I talk to another writer about their most beloved children's or YA book. I'm the author of the children's fantasy series Pages & Co and an arts journalist, and this week I'm joined by Laura Dockrell. I've been lucky to know Laura for a while now. We've done several events together, including one at Tottenham Festival, which is supposed to also be with Gemma Kearney, but Gemma got the wrong train and ended up in Wales. Laura is the author of many books for all ages, including her recent memoir, What Have I Done?, and the Darcy Burdock series for younger readers. The book Laura chose was the iconic The Story of Tracy Beaker by Jacqueline Wilson, which was first published in 1991 and illustrated by Nick Sharrett. Before we get into the episode, just to quickly note that while the podcast is largely suitable for children, this isn't geared at younger listeners. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for coming and being a guest on Book Wandering. It's lovely to chat with you. It's so nice to see you. I wasn't, I don't worry, I won't bet you up about your washing and your flower jumper. Um, I, yes, we are doing this over Zoom <laughs> and I have quite a significant amount of washing in the background. I'm only annoyed. I'm only annoyed because I cleaned mine up. <laughs> So I should, when I send through the like link, I should be like, just by the way, please feel free to have anything you want in the background. Be you. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of being you, the book you've chosen is The Story of Tracy Beaker by Jacqueline Wilson. So to start off, could you just tell me a bit about how you first encountered it? So I would have been about, I imagine, 10, 11 years old. I mean, I should have actually looked at the date. So maybe I can try and see when the first publication date was, if this is an edition. So 1991. Uh, so I would have been 7, 8, 9, 10. No, that can't be right. Because that <laughs> means I would have been too young. So I was born in 1986. So that, that would have been where I found it when I was little. But anyway, I found it, I feel like, in my memory... Oh, no, I wouldn't have been about... It could have been out also. I feel like when... I I think let's rewind because <laughs> um, I wouldn't have obviously read it in secondary school because by then I was like really into AJ from Backstreet Boys and I feel like this probably didn't mix with my <laughs> perversion <laughs> of uh, AJ McLean, McLean from Backstreet Boys. So I probably would have been about six or seven and Jacqueline Wilson tumbled in with my first love for writing and made me well I, I already feel emotional talking about Ugh. it but I don't think I'd be doing the job I was doing today had I not found this book especially not in this way because I don't think up until now I had come across I was a, always 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 reading and writing let me make that clear since the time I had could hold my chubby hand around a pen or a pencil I was putting words down, transcribing my parents' phone calls like some sort of strange <laughs> stalker, putting on plays. I was that, we, we grew up in a really crunched up flat in Brixton and um, I was the oldest of a younger brother and sister. So I, that meant director. I was the director Naturally. and the playwright and the playwright and they were the actors. So I was that kid that, you know, would the bunk bed became, the bottom bunk was the stage and my parents were really social butterflies. So we were always out with adults that would always stay around for an extra glass of wine or beer and they needed a show of course they did and naturally <laughs> naturally and so but that yes yeah, so it was always uh my dad would always talk to me about song lyrics about what the meaning behind them my dad really liked that you know in, in that kind of rabbit hole way he would have to tell me the story it would, couldn't just be a Marvin Gaye song it had to be about Marvin Gaye and where he grew up and it would be with the whole pink punk uh, era um and and I was always always um exposed to poetry and he talked to me about film and um script 
but I had never met a character that talked like a person before. Everything felt like the separate writing voice. So even if it's, you know, a Quentin Tarantino film, which I was allowed to watch Reservoir Dogs (laughs) as a child, had to go to school the next day, traumatised. But um, I I understood that was writing. This felt like, no, no, this this is you. This is your friend here on the page. I'd never seen that before. And I really felt that was a light bulb moment. I didn't, the writers up until then, other than maybe I'm thinking of Carol Ann Duffy, who I was a very big fan of as a child, I couldn't really think of a female writer who also felt normal and wasn't using this kind of unreachable language. It felt accessible and um, it's just a siren going past. If you can hear it, just be quiet. Um, So yeah, for me, uh, it was more than just a book, you know, it was a friend. Yeah, and that's something though that Jacqueline Wilson is so good at, was so good at still, is and she still stands apart I think from a lot of voices in contemporary fiction Um, the first Jacqueline Wilson I encountered was the Girls in Love trilogy which I I think I sort of stumbled on that a little bit young um it's how I learned like what an eating disorder was um but still again it's these characters that talk like real people and Tracy in particular like I hadn't reread this since I was a kid and like she is so rude and funny and bolshy in the most glorious, unapologetic way. Like she really is a bit of a nightmare. She's a little shit. <laughs> she is a little shit, a chatty little shit. But you know, I, I think on second read, I mean, when I I I couldn't I can't find my copy anywhere, which is driving me insane. Obviously, Bed and Breakfast Star Illustrated Mum, all like here we are, but yeah. the one you're looking for. <laughs> nowhere to be seen I I didn't have this exact cover I've got this yellow one here but I had a pink card back like with all the outer sleeves still intact and everything and um I think on this read you know I rang my local we've got a really sweet local uh secondhand bookshop and I asked them to put it on hold for me I was actually I was actually um working around uh, in the in the city giving a talk in a bank in <laughs> And in my lunch break, I was reading, rereading this for this podcast. And this girl like tapped me on the shoulder and was like, sorry, is that, are you reading Tracy Beaker? I was like, yes, I am. There's <laughs> some woman in her power seat. But um, on this second read, it is so emotional. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Shit. Yeah. But the little girl's been through hell. And it, to, for us to see that and to be told that story, and it's not about the adults. This is not. We don't care about you adults. Like, look at this little protagonist who, the heroine that is thriving in this stone-cold concrete world that is around her of these heartless adults. It's got all these new layers that I just didn't even... I I, I remember it being hilarious as a kid. And now, I mean, maybe that humour just doesn't land if you didn't have the sadness. I mean, I'm sure it would because Jacqueline Wilson is so funny, but... It's just full of pain. It's tragic. It really is. There were several moments that made me well up reading it as an adult. Because, yeah, when you're a child, you're obviously reading it very, very sort of literally through Tracy's eyes. And you're caught up in the, oh, yeah, it's annoying when people like kids steal your stuff and your siblings (laughs) steal your stuff. But reading it as an adult, you just really pick up on, you know, the stuff like her first foster parents who give her back when when they have their own baby you know as a that has a whole other layer of heartbreak to it coming back to it and especially when she's like when you're obviously going to give up that one keep me like I came first right so I'm I'm staying right oh gosh 
she's Jacqueline Wilson is incredible isn't she at balancing that real life hard stuff but as you say it's so it is and it's not that the humor um that's still there like it's so funny like trace the way to <laughs> Tracy's voice like the things she comes out with to other people but it's so funny and and the, and the uncompromising positions that she also put oh, adults yeah. into yeah. you know and and um I guess uh, you know now I'm sure you're going to cover this loads in your podcast anyway Anna and it's something that we're mindful of every day in our industry but you know the kind of appropriation and what gives gives authors the right to write about this or that and on this this new read I I also found how clever she is at feeding herself through as the author yeah as this she kind of ribbon I mean this we've all you know, met so many children doing our jobs. You know, obviously, I don't know the basis of of who Tracy is is based on, but there is such a clever kind of. It doesn't feel like she's um, pitying Tracy at all. Right. Tracy's got her real own agency, her voice. It's empowering. I remember thinking, I wish she was my friend, and it's also some of the themes like her when she's running naked and um around like there's there's bullying there's really intense threads in it and and actually I think you know you might think oh would this book be published now you know as some of the themes too exposing and actually we need these characters in these sure. stories even more yeah because I think there could be that one kid in class that's like thank well there is there's many 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 kids clearly because of how incredibly well Jacqueline Wilson has done that need these stories For sure. Tracy Beaker my mum was adopted as a kid we call her Tracy Beaker oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're like oh track because my mum was always going on about her um she's just met her weirdly before you asked me to do this just this year has met her uh birth mum wow and she always says if she doesn't if she doesn't meet me it'll be because she's too busy it'll oh. be because she's too busy and I'm like all right Tracy oh. <laughs> Oh, but then doesn't that just show that, again, Jacqueline Wilson is just, she just knows how to get to the heart of these things. And I like writing is empathy, isn't it? But the way that she so precisely is able to get to the heart of these feelings that still, as adults, we're still grappling with. And when you talk- stands up. And when you were talking about, obviously, impact on you as a writer and also Jacqueline Wilson sort of weaving herself through it one thing that's really fun about Tracy Beaker as a Jacqueline Wilson novel is that it kind of it has a very um explicit in-world presence of a writer and and both Tracy and Cam and it talks explicitly about ideas of writing your own story do, do you think that that is part of the reason it chimes so much with you or and then how did you kind of I thought it was really interesting reading back as an adult the way Cam and Tracy both feel about writing definitely I mean this is something that I am always encouraging anywhere I, I a lot of my job is creative writing workshops and masterclasses that kind of thing and I think it's so easy to forget that we have this skill uh, most all of us most of us have this skill right here at the end of our hands which is pretty much free that is so beneficial for our well-being and our our practice to process to live to explore to understand the world that we live in um in a meditative way like a privacy way to unpack to spend time to relieve boredom whatever for fun we've got this limitless boundaryless form of play right here with with creative writing and some of us have don't use it Mm -hmm. 
it's not like with an instrument where you have to be, you know, oh, pick up a violin, that sounds shit. This is, <laughs> this is something that everybody can do. It doesn't have to be flouncy and it doesn't have to be spelt correctly and grammar can be all over the place. If you don't know a word, you can make it up. If you don't feel comfortable using your hands, you can record your voice, you yeah. know. And, and I would say a story, and actually that's, if, if not to sound too flouncy and Go for it. But, <laughs> but a story isn't just always with words. You know, if you, you, you could have a story in your mind, but you can show that through art or you can, if you can stitch, you can tell a story on a blanket. You can, um, as I said, record your voice or collect things or even a conversation with a friend. You can flex your storytelling skills there. You know, it is available to us all. And I think that love for it, especially for a young person to remember, you know, this is something we're talking about with the, we've got the strikes here happening in London, teacher strikes in the UK. And, um, you know, I was just thinking this, this reception teacher hasn't just taught my child to read and write because that's partly, that's part of academia. He's empowered my child so that if, let's say, catastrophizing that I die, okay. let's say he he could now he now has his basic skills that will can only build upon to be able to agency himself. It's actually it's a human right. It's like powerful. Mm -hmm. And so when you when you're reading it and done in this an extra kind of level of that is to be expressive mm -hmm. and to be truthful and funny and playful and creative which is what this book is doing celebrating that celebrating your individuality your unique lived experience that is incredible that needs to be in books and bookshops and libraries and um on bookshelves and bedrooms everywhere because it's it's priceless yeah well uh funny you should say that because uh <laughs> Now might be a good point to just talk about the book you've got coming up, uh, yes, which oh, is all about you. celebrating that. <laughs> so I've got um, Your Story comes out in um, May and it, it essentially is just um, exercises and um, I guess a kind of love letter to creative writing a creativity in all ways um I you know I definitely wasn't the smartest cookie in the cookie jar and I went through that whole you know battle with the teacher's big red pen telling me that I can't spell properly right. and if only I took some time to understand tenses then I'd be this and then I'd be that and um that my vocabulary was limited and all these sorts of things and um crowbarring my imagination you know taught that Mm, this isn't this isn't important anymore this isn't relevant in exams this bit it's this bit um I remember one of my teachers tapping me on the head with a biro literally with a biro and saying um something me telling I wanted to write when I grew up saying that um I'd be stacking shelves with Mickey Mouse it actually in my brain I was like that sounds oh, really awesome. sweet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do, will I get those white gloves yeah. as well <laughs> um and another teacher saying I was as much used as a chocolate teapot oh once again, I was like, sounds like a compliment to yeah. me, chocolate teapot. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, I wanted to, um, I've been teaching creative writing for over 10 years now. I, I didn't even mean it to be my job, but it has become another strand of what I do. And my favourite bit, actually, sometimes of my job, because I get to hang around with young people all day that are just buzzing and funny and seeing them realise, suddenly write a whole page and go, oh, I didn't actually realise I could do that. And all I was doing was writing about myself or writing about my friend or a nightmare or whatever, my favourite food. I didn't realise that could be counted as writing. Yeah. Um, 
time and time again, you know, you think they that they that the stories have to straight away have a kind of really posh, elaborate voice and be a character that's nothing like them with blonde hair and blue eyes. So yeah, a uh, kind of retraining to write is is has become a massive part of my job. So um, it was one of my editors. Um, she took me for a chocolate cookie and then that was it. The deal was done. Um, <laughs> I feel like you said that, which said, is not how publishing usually works. <laughs> that just, that, exactly. That was it. The deal was done. I accepted it for a cookie. And um, <laughs> she, she basically, she took me to sit. There's amazing nonfiction literature out there now. It's not the kind of boring textbooks we used to And I knew that anyway, but um, uh, it's, they're getting more and more, you know, strong and beautiful, these books. And she said, look at these, you know, do you think? And I was like, oh, yeah. But again, I mean, it's quite audacious, isn't it, to think you can suddenly be the... So the book is not, hey, I'm the guru of writing. It's more, <laughs> don't forget, you know, you've got this skill, use it. And there's no rights and wrongs. But I, um, for those who don't know, I got ill after having my little boy and I got hit with a mental illness, which I've never experienced anything like that before. And I did not trust my brain. Like my brain became the place where monsters were made. And it 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 basically massively betrayed me and told me that the darkest things were true. You know, a big part of my illness was delusions and conspiracy theories and paranoia. I turned on many of my loved ones and it was hard to know what to trust and what not. And yet my brain had been what been my kryptonite up until now. You know, I've never have I had a bored moment in a queue at the post office. I'm busy, you know, thinking about what this or this or this in a, in a dream world um so falling back in love with my creative writing voice to the point that I was able to write my memoir what have I done on my phone that actually saved my life actually and that's when I thought yeah. oh my goodness people have to understand about this this um use use this this special gift really that is pretty much free it's way it's way lighter and cheaper than guitar lessons <laughs> so do it (laughs) it's true though isn't it like I I always feel really grateful that I feel kind of the confidence or ability to process how I'm feeling through words um and so much of it is it's not even ability is it it's just like feeling that, that that's something that's open to you as a way of processing your own experiences creativity and it's uh I'm whatever it is I always just write about it even although I also have the being a doing some freelance journalism if this honestly if there's something that's just like messing around in my head and I can't quite work it out I'm like oh where can I pitch an article about this and you know use it as a way to like work it out and have honestly having a deadline is quite good for that because you have to work out how you feel about something but that's a, a slightly niche way of way of handling it no but I do still agree with you I I was in the park in half term with my sister she went to this park I don't usually go to and um I was like oh I'm really enjoying this and then I literally felt an idea like an arrow just go leave me alone yeah I was just like let me just enjoy the park like and and that is amazing too that the but I said we're listening to do you know Rick Rubin the producer Mm, uh he produced like 99 Problems and Beastie okay. Boys and loads of great stuff. And he's done an audio book about creativity. Oh, awesome. we're, lis- we're listening to it while we paint. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, he's saying that, you know, these ideas, they'll fly once your doors are open and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you know, about ha- just have your doors open and then the ideas will come. And, and I said to Hugo that I feel sometimes like there's too many doors open. Yeah. You know that. <laughs> I'm sure you know what I mean by that. Sometimes it's like, oh, shush. 
quietened down. Just let me live because you know what it's like. By the time you've written something, edited it, you know, right. it's been so. Yeah, you're kind of you love it. You'll always be in your heart, but it's kind of like you're on to the next thing. Yeah, and those ideas are always. Like I have a friend uh, who calls them slutty new ideas because you know you're like deep in the edits of something that you love and care about and are proud of and it's good because <laughs> it's good because you've worked on it. But then this like minxy little idea like flounces past you and you're just like, that oh hello. Is... <laughs> that is exactly it. That is. I literally left a voice note to my agent on Friday being like. The way they said it's going, it's really getting on my nerves now. So I think we should just scrap it. I've just got a new idea. Yeah. She was like, Laura, it's 110,000 words that you've done. I'm like, yeah. And? Just, <laughs> totally, totally. It's it's always the way. Um, I have had a little sneak peek, obviously, at your uh, book. And I'm not sure if it's it's wonderful. I'm not sure if I'd say it's, it's either infused with the spirit of Jacqueline Wilson or the spirit of Tracy Beaker. Maybe a combination um, of the two because it does do such a good job at combining kind of anecdote and real serious stuff um, with it's so funny and it's also just full of really useful practical stuff oh, and um, I love doing creative writing workshops with young people like you say it's, it's it's magic isn't it when you see a young person write something that they didn't think that they could but I'm uh, Definitely going to be uh, nabbing bits of that Aww, with credit when I do my workshops. <laughs> well, it's, it's useful for me as well. I've already found like doing the workshops. I'm like, oh, thank God they're all in one place now, these exercises, because I, <laughs> I'm i there like, where did I put that? Where did I put that? So actually, I think I will um, use it for work. But um, it, it's aimed at young people, but it is for everybody. It's not, um, and there's no nothing in there, rocket science. I think it's just all being... I, I've I haven't done it before. Have you done the um artist's way? The there's like a the book where you take yourself for dates, a creative date. Yeah, you know, I've I've always been, I must admit, gently wary of mm -hmm. I love reading about writing, but the books I tend to go for don't tend to be kind of the craft ones, but more the like Annie Dillard's like on a writer's life and like Mary Oliver's nonfiction, like um it's very pretentious, but it's beautiful writing. Um, and I'm, I don't know why I'm wary of the craft stuff. I think it's because like I didn't do, I haven't got any qualifications. I've never done any courses, not no qualifications, full stop. I said no qualifications. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I don't think you need to, to do this job. Anyway. No, but I think it's sometimes, I feel like I've got, I've, I've, I write on basically pure instinct and I almost am worried that if I read a book about craft I'll learn I'm like oh yes I, I'm doing it completely wrong <laughs> I can relate to this so much I do that I it's so nice to hear you say that because I think of you as somebody who knows all the answers in that sort of area like I think of you as like the kind of because because I know you do both sides of the desk yeah. I'm like she knows that stuff I'm exactly the same. <laughs> All I know is, like, it is instinct that is has been formed through reading an enormous amount of books, like novels. Totally, and and also, um, and also, that's not you're not trying to get across when you're trying to tell a story. You're not trying to get across perfection, are you? You're trying to get a feeling across. That's our job. It's not to get. No one cares if something was immaculate in grammar. I certainly don't. Anyway, I want to be transported. 
And also literally you get help with that, you know, like, and, totally. you know, copy editing is a humbling experience. And I just think that it just shows that like even writers who are very technically minded still get copy edited. Do you know what I mean? Like, so. Oh, yeah. So my mom met a writer the other day and said um, that they edit 280 times. Exactly. <gasps> and so each pass of the edit is for a different thing. So one is oh. for names or one is for grammar or one is for whatever structure and I was like and obviously I was like that's crazy when I was editing my own I was like I could have really done with one of those systems and then that actually (laughs) made me feel really upset and scared because even though I do of course I do get myself in knots and tangles and sometimes when you're editing especially you you didn't realize you also had to be a mathematician as well as yeah (laughs) as well as being a writer you're like no this is why I picked words because I don't like maths um and but the enjoyment of it is also the problem solving yeah, and sure. getting to the the moment of safety. If you kind of had it all really tick box, tick box, I don't think it would be as fun, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a, and there's, there's creativity in the niggles. Like, oh, they're not fixing. So, oh, they're all dead. It was set in the past. <laughs> You can always rely on, you know, if you get really stuck, it's always there as an option. It's, it's just always, always there. there. It's always there. It's always there. So that's, I think, why um, what I loved about this book is how unapologetic and the allowance um, to be free and messy and scruffy with not only writing and um, but as a person and especially as a young woman, um, that's just so necessary yeah for sure did you ever watch uh broad city the tv show broad city no i haven't no <gasps> oh no. laura you will adore it i'm actually will I? i'm re-watching it at the moment for okay the fifth time um oh wow okay they're really short episodes and um they just okay i tra- what well, i was gonna say because i feel like spirit I'm of tracy beaker there uh, like chaotic okay. young women having that freedom to tell their own stories, be themselves. It's very funny and clever. I feel very confident you will enjoy it. Okay, I can't wait. I've heard about it, obviously. Yeah. 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 Okay, I will definitely do it. And then think about your other books. Um, you know, because when I've been reading for these, for the podcast, you know, it's really fun and interesting reading the book that someone chooses and then reading their work. And it's, I think is it I think is it fair to say that Darcy Burdock is perhaps the work of yours that has had the closest uh No Anna, I was living Wilson. <laughs> when you asked me to do this, I didn't even have to think, did I? I went no, back yeah, straight immediately, away and I was yeah. like, Yeah, I know it, what I'm gonna do. Um Oh my goodness, like what's so weird is um <laughs> this is gonna sound really strange, but the pages, I can remember the pages. Like the there's little vignettes, illustrations you know, dotted about. It's not just like a a little memory. Like I remember looking at those pictures so close up. I remember redrawing them. Nick Sharrett, I should probably say, because he he is the other part of this parcel and they go hand in hand. You don't get Tracy Beaker without Nick Sharrett. Um, It's just so I, 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 I can only describe is that all my the fibers and cells in my brain must have been so alert and taken by this book because when I look back on it and I have not and I swear touched it for probably since I was 12 or whatever like even I can remember the clock you know the the there's like cl- everything the, the sweets it, it's all so strong 
Um, but yeah, when I re- when I think back to Darcy Burdock, I'm like, I just owe Jackie Wilson loads of money, basically, because <laughs> I I just completely plagiarized every single thing <laughs> without realizing because I'm such a giant fan. Um, obviously, um, I haven't done that, Jacqueline Wilson. Um, and obviously, I mean, you haven't done that full stop. <laughs> no, no, no. All I'm saying is... Just to reassure anyone. <laughs> just to reassure everyone. Basically, it's just, it is just Tracy Beaker with a new cover on the front. Um, no, but I, in all seriousness, I just feel like um, that I, I must have been romantically in love with this book and it has got under my skin because it's um, in everything I do. I didn't realise how infectious um, a read it was. And uh, I think, again, it's just all those things we've talked about, being able to be um, unapologetically yourself um, and authentic and yet have a kind of sparky light switched on, which, you know, all the time I say to myself, oh, I can't, I'm not doing another middle grade because I just I, I feel like I put so much into it and then... Then I get Nintendo chosen over me or whatever it is. And then I meet again, you know, a nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old. And I go, oh, my goodness, I care so much about you. Um, I think because that's probably the age where my parents started breaking up. We moved house. We had a big transitional time. I got really bad knit infestation. And my parents had to... My mum sheared my hair all off. No. I was really addicted to chips and my... Um, my body was looking like sausage meat stuffed in a sock. And uh, I know, you know what I look like? One of those kind of, you know, those uh, potato heads that grow cress or grass out <laughs> of their head. That's basically what I look like. I told my, the boy that I loved, Ricky, the whole way through school, I loved him, that I had feelings for him in year five. And um, thinking, just let's just sort this out before we go to secondary school. And he punched me so hard in the arm. What? And I regurgitated my fish fingers, like, all up and sick everywhere. Wow. It's Spice Girl time. It's, like, the way I feel about that age is so nostalgic and peachy, soft, bruisey yeah. that this book is all wrapped up in that. So, yeah. of course, I, I obviously haven't robbed Jacqueline Wilson's <laughs> words, but I have robbed, um, borrowed the boldness to, um, to document, account that time. Yeah. Well, well, first I should say, I think that this is all wrapped up in why I wanted to do this podcast. And it's been the loveliest experience talking to people about those books that are in their DNA and seeing how we're all in conversation with what that book was for us. And like you say, that age, like for everyone, but also just working with that age. Oh my goodness, like you saying about telling confessing to Ricky just brought back this visceral memory that I haven't thought of for years where before so I went I did middle school and at the end of year six I was uh taken out of school for last week to go on holiday and I used to sit opposite the chances of anyone who who knew me who knows me knew me then are slim but it's okay if you did Richard if you're listening (laughs) no this is not time to confess to Richard on the Tracy Beaker episode podcast I thought in my year six wisdom that what I should do because I was going it was the end and I just sort of forgot that we'd be coming back and I so I was packing up my stuff everyone else had a week and I just wrote anonymously wrote I love you on a piece of paper and put it in his drawer and then in the summer holidays two of the mean girls 
called me up and were like, do you want to go swimming? And I was like, oh my goodness, they want to be friends with me. And then we were stood in the swimming pool and they were like, did you put a note saying I love you in Richard's drawer? And I was so embarrassed that I just dipped under the water and swam away. Oh. <laughs> just, uh, just, just swam away and um, went home. And uh, wow, haven't thought about that for a while. That that was rough. Oh um, my goodness. But yeah, it's why, like you say, that talk about like peachy soft bruises is such a good way of explaining because we're just starting to grapple with crushes and and when you work with that age I will because every time I'm like I'm so exhausted I've been on tour for ages you have a child who will I got given at a recent event they made an A to Z of book wandering and they'd like come up with rules for all of them but some of them and A it was just the care with which they'd done it and that they'd engage with my work but also it was the ones where they couldn't think of something and they were just so funny and like clever and weird. And it's just, I, it's such an amazing age to get to interact with and work with and hopefully, you know, inspire in some small way. That story you just told, I mean, I'm so sorry it happened to you, oh, especially. It's, I, it's fun. I was trying to tell it as a funny story, but then when you say it, you're like, oh. But also, you didn't need to be in a freaking swimming, swim, being in a swimming costume was traumatic yeah. enough at that, yeah. well, still is for me at that age. Like, having that, and, and you just got to think, like, um, what kids must go through now, because you ha- we have the distance of, we had the distance of house phones. and Right, all they could do you know, was take, and I lived in a village, like, what you did, the, the social activity was you went to the swimming pool, that was all there was to do, and... And it just allows a little bit of time for the dust to settle yeah. because you get home, you've got to watch Hey Arnold and, and then some, dinner. Yeah, and something else happens before we're all exactly. back in, at school. Or, it was it never came up again. Like no one ever mentioned it. So like, and there's also the it must have been the swimming away. It must have absolutely <laughs> just <laughs> sucker punch them. Um, no, but it's also the um, the dust sort of has a way to settle, but also consequence. So someone could be about to call you up to like you know scream at you, but you know, your parent says you're not allowed to be on the phone that night. Right, or, or someone needs to is. check their email. <laughs> <laughs> so it just stops, you yeah. know. Now it's just, if you're targeted, it's, and other schools can get involved because it all all it is is social media, yeah. just this, the blow up of that. You know, even what happened to you, I would say that's so, so painful. And yet this is probably happening. I mean, actually, you know, have, have that happening to you in real life, that is, I mean, that you have to put that into a story because you really couldn't make that up. I also <laughs> love that you had nowhere to go, so I'll just dunk yeah. underneath the water now. <laughs> like, it was obviously just like, in the moment, you're just, I was like, I need to, I couldn't think of how to explain it. I'm so and sorry. And so just remove, remove myself. <laughs> so did he ever get the letter in the tray? Well, I guess, I guess someone found it. Um, and. Uh, I guess he showed I, I, honestly who knows uh it never was talked about again um he was everyone he was everyone's favorite so probably um okay something more dramatic happened in the interim I got to see Ricky oh. again as an adult he um he had before he punched me in the arm he actually once I <sighs> We did go knock on his front door to tell him my feelings. Bearing in mind, I I, I am still with the crest head in secondhand clothes. Um, and I um, we knocked on his door and he just opened his bathroom windows and he lived on the ground floor flat and sprayed air freshener in my face. No! So he literally deterred me. Anyway, then 
not long ago, well, about, I was saying not long ago, about five years ago, I saw him just at a bus stop and he no just went, Laura, Laura, I hadn't seen him since I was like 11. And I literally turned around and he was like, like, kind of like, it's me. And I, I just kept on walking no. and I looked so banging that day. Yes. I, just, I was like, you could have had this, Ricky. <laughs> but I, he, um, I, he, he, he was always telling me that he was going to go, you know, move to Romania when he was older. And I would always be like obsessed with Romania, my plans <laughs> for Romania when I was older. Um, honestly. So, yeah, this age is, yeah, it's very, I'm still, 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 still inseparable from my friend of all those years, you know. So having that shorthand with somebody that you can just pick up on all those memories. And for sure. It's just so, yeah, it's amazing. So. um the other thing I think with this book that we didn't really see in children's writing was we've, we're used to seeing mums being always constantly nurturing. Right. And or dead. The, or dead. Or forgiving. Yeah. Or like, don't, don't really get, you know, they're not mean. We never see a cruel streak of a mum. And so to see a mum that is not only not around, but quite cold yeah. and obviously not who she says she is and put Tracy through hell um was also quite bold we've not really read that before yeah and actually the adults in it again I can't really remember how I felt about them as a child but read the adults are so nuanced in this she gives them so much nuance but grace totally. as well like Cam is such a wonderful character <laughs> even grappling and with Elaine. Tracy oh yeah you really feel for the staff who work there as you well do, who obviously do, do. have no budget these kids have all gone through awful stuff and they're trying their best and yeah and Cam one thing that really struck me is Tracy basically asks Cam to adopt her like I know, immediately I know. <laughs> I know I know it's a uh, it's it's interesting, and actually, the whole book is shorter than I remembered. It it same. It's it's quite it's very pacey. And does uh, yours come with a? Mine came with a, a short story as well. And so when I got to the end of the book, I was like, oh, I just assumed, yeah. Oh, mine I, comes oh, with Tracy God. Beaker's thumping heart. Same. Yeah. <laughs> but look, even here, I mean, the viewers, the viewers, the <laughs> listeners, the viewers. Where do I think that was on YouTube channel? But even that, look. Yes. Oh. Where it's just flicked, so it's like Tracy dragging on Cam's legs. I will um, take a picture of that so that I can share that when when I'm page one five three. It's Thanks. so sad. I mean, that is just the kind of flavour of all this where where she's hugging. Pizza. Oh yeah. Oh Peter. But that's the thing. Every character is so. Even Justine, who is so awful. I know. The fact that it ends with the the. It's such a small thing of of Tracy going to Justine and giving her a smarty at the end. How like has a smarty ever been better utilized in fiction? Because it's so true, isn't it? The little peace offering and it's just a start, but I had like oh, oh, a little stab in the heart that smarty. You're absolutely right and I think that that is such a well food anyway for children's literature. Oh, yes. is that we've got such precious wealth here to you know, ignite so many emotions and feelings and offerings, as you say, that represent so much. But I think always those little individual sweets that come in a container, you know, Skittles in ET or, you know, giving someone your last Rolo or yeah. whatever it is, it carries such weight, you know, it's so that that is it, you're right. It's not just a sweet. There's so much more there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such a currency for a child, isn't it? Yeah. And a peace offering. It's like her like 
she's never going to explicitly admit that she broke Justine's clock, but she'll give her she'll give her a smarty. And it's just I know. these tiny, beautiful moments of how we are, especially how we are at that at that age. Oh, it's such a... But it gives us an insight into why we behave the way we do, I think, don't you think? Because, you know, um, it's so easy to cast off someone who's being mean to you at school or breaks your stuff or says rude things, whatever is just, oh, they're horrible. And it's this we, we hadn't really seen it so much on the other side. I'm thinking of even um, we have always lived on the castle, you know, uh, Shirley Jackson, yeah. where we get this whole other we're seeing things from a different side of the lens. And so that allows us to to like um kind of swim in a, in waters we haven't new, normally swam in so we're seeing things from this other side and there's so much pain there yet she puts up such a front aggressively oh, yeah, so yeah. when Literally inside aggressively yeah <laughs> when inside her her little heart is just breaking over and over and over again over and over and over again Tracy I know before we finish I have to ask you actually did you watch the did you ever watch the TV show cuz we probably were um I can't really remember how old I'm saying I'm I, I don't know if we're, I'm assuming we're about the same age but we know we are I'm about 36. the same I, I'm 35 yeah because um, yeah. I feel like it came out when I was at home but maybe when I was a teenager not a child so I, I I feel like I've seen more of Tracy Beaker on like Love of Huns right <laughs> yeah than I have of actually <laughs> yeah. watched it myself but you know not to tangent too much but you know that's what I think the Toy Story series did so incredibly well, was show us how you can be head over heels in love. This is my oxygen, this whatever I'm into right now, like this book was. And then suddenly you just don't care. Like yeah. I remember when that when that book when that TV show came out, okay, I was let's be honest, as you always are when anything's adapted that you love, I was like snobby, you know, no, no, at this. And then I just didn't care. Yeah. And now it's like that how can you go from sleeping with a book under your bed under your pillow each night you know to then it, and it just shows like and then then you come back to it as an adult and you care more than you ever yeah, have before yeah. because you you find your essence of your little self tucked away inside those pages um so I didn't watch it but um it's obviously done well because it's stuck around for a really really long time you know I've met Jacqueline Wilson before I've shared a packet of biscuits with her those ringed fingers she she really is that that exact author that you and every life that you want an author to be but every single library tour I've done or anything the librarians will always tell me these wonderful stories of dropping her off at bus stops you know in the pouring rain and she'd always carry her books with her you know she they'd always say it wasn't click your fingers overnight and Jacqueline Wilson is you know, worldwide celebrity, you know, she worked hard. She really, really grafted. And when I, I remember like seeing her speak and, and it feeling as good as a Spice Girl show, you know. Yeah. She, she she really is. We're so lucky to have her. For sure. And that's, I think that's a, a nice place uh, to leave it. Especially, I love what you said about the, yeah, seeing the essence of your little self in the pages. And I think it's it's been a, it's been lovely to uh, hear about yours and how Tracy Beaker kind of has made you. And and uh, really, just in conclusion, thank God for Jacqueline Wilson, I suppose. <sighs> Honestly, yeah, we're really, very, really, very lucky. Yeah. 
Thank you so much, Laura. This is such a nice idea for a podcast because oh, you just you. don't you don't expect so much to come out from choosing one children's book. But it's lovely that um, it's somebody who actually does genuinely love and write children's books themselves because I think it's easy to think that they're all bells and whistles and sparkles and all that stuff if you don't know it enough, you know. And I think it is it was it um, Philip Pullman that said if you can't tackle something in an adult's book. If you can't tackle something in an adult, if a subject seems too heavy, then write about it for a children's book yeah. because we can, kids can handle it. And it's funny when people come to write kids' books when they go, I just feel like writing something a little bit more light. And, yeah. and I'm like, well, you've come to the wrong place then because... For sure. No, I really wanted... I feel like, you know, we talk a lot about how um, children's books should be more part of the cultural conversation. And I wanted to try and, yeah, find a way that we could take them seriously but still celebrate yeah the joy of them so it brings up so much it's lovely it's been it's been really lovely and each chat has actually been really really I was wary of it just kind of being like too recappy feeling but each episode has ended up being really its own thing with completely different stuff coming up so thank you for being part of it oh thanks so much Anna Thanks so much for listening to Book Wondering. You can find out more about Laura and her books and what we talked about below. And you can buy any or all of the books we chatted about via my bookshop.org page. If you enjoyed the episode, then spreading the word would be so appreciated by sharing it online, telling your friends or leaving a review. You can find me at A Case of Books on social media or you can email me at annajamesauthor at gmail.com. The podcast is produced by Adam Collier with artwork by Hester Kitchen. And next week, I'll be chatting to Cressida Cowell about The Ogre Downstairs by Diana Wynne-Jones. So do come back next week and listen to that. And until then, happy book wandering.